This is your midweek encouragement. Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 14. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature and fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Ephesians 4, 1, verses 11 to 14. Now this blog note recording has developed over the years since its inception so that it feels more like a journaling in public post rather than anecdotes and advice. I believe it is for the best as I am content to be a lifelong learner and relish critical thinking opportunities. They could shape my thinking in ways that range from a fundamental revolution to a minor course change. Over time, I've realized that my core values become more certain and my capacity for imagination and grace increases. I'm more patient with things I don't understand and more able to embrace new ideas and possibilities that often make others uncomfortable. It is risky sometimes because it causes me to brood and sometimes for months as I pray through my ruminations in search of insight. Here's an example. I read a book called Pagan Christianity, co-written by Frank Viola and George Barna. Frankly, it really upset me as it made me question everything I knew about religious expressions of Christianity and worse, my call to ministry and source of employment and financial security. I didn't angrily refute the author's conclusions as others with bigger platforms than mine have. Instead, a long season of brooding ruminations set in. The content that rocked my world gradually faded into the back of my mind and seemed to be forgotten, but it wasn't. I got a free copy of another book by Frank Viola a few years later that captured my imagination quickly enough to keep me reading despite my misgivings. The book was called Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom. The same man who seemed to tear down my whole religious paradigm on purpose inspired me to sharpen my focus so that religion and tradition no longer trump Christ and his kingdom in priority. My reading led me down a rabbit trail of seeking Frank's other works and richer understanding of his perspective, which is pretty typical for me. I found that pagan Christianity was part one of a set that included reimagining church, which could help reframe the modern idea of church. To be perfectly honest, Frank has said nothing that I'm aware of that supports the perpetuation of modern Christian religion, but I've witnessed his generosity and kindness as he works with Christians in a variety of religious settings. In fact, when I had the chance to attend a conference he hosted during the early stages of the pandemic, it ended up being more like a small group retreat. I experienced personal attention that gave me the chance to say, that pagan Christianity book of yours really screwed me up, Frank. The experience generated a spiritual and professional relationship with Frank that continues to this day. The process of critical thinking and relationship building caused me to rethink my calling and profession and further refine them so that I can have more courage and peace of mind. 
as far as it could do so. I cannot expect my new friend to adapt his core beliefs to accommodate my emotional needs. He was genuinely supportive and urged me to not to, to make the drastic career changes. People who I serve should know that I would not do that without blatant signals from the Lord. I just needed to resolve the dilemma that I'd been ruminating over for half a dozen years. While meeting with Frank and the small group he'd gathered, I thought, I guess I'm called to be a missionary to pagan Christians. It seems like the gospel of the kingdom is like the lost city of Atlantis in the minds of churchgoers, and they need a guide to help them across the frontier and home to the land of King Jesus. Thinking of the local church as a mission field is liberating and risky. Such an approach by a pastor to his flock seems condescending. It's like telling people who are comfortably secure where they are that they are, in fact, lost. I found the secret to success in the mindset of a missionary in foreign countries. After spending a few weeks with missionaries in Kazakhstan, another former Soviet territory under threat, I came home with my church ministry paradigm changed forever. Missionaries live with native people in the homeland, in their homeland and according to their social norms. They serve, teach, influence, and trust the Lord so that when the time is right, they can invite their constituents to a deeper relationship with the King and Savior. A soothing Gloria Gaither song says it well, gentle shepherd, come and lead us for we need you to help us find our way. Her lyrics refer to Jesus, but as he is the example we should follow, it's safe to assume the identity of the gentle shepherd could apply wherever needed, in whomever it needs to be. So there's an example of how the Lord sanctifies my thinking. My core values are more sure than before, but he enhanced my approach to the world I live in and moved through it. Today I, read a commentary. Today, I read a commentary from another author I admire and saw that he called for pastors to fulfill the mandate that I read above in Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 14, a passage often cited as justification for pastoral ministry. It really doesn't stand alone as a cause for convoluted religious institutions and social reform activities, but its instructions to Christian servants of the king is plain enough. It turns out that a Christian servant in charge of an institutional church is preferable to one who serves a system. If then the Christian pastor needs help figuring out what to do every day, he or she can listen to the Lord and share what he or she hears. Then equip the saints to obey and serve and build unity in the body of Christ. My personal expression of this calling includes humility, as in not to take yourself too seriously because it's never really about you. And it is to be gentle as a guide who leads and protects the flock and when necessary, rebukes an ornery you or ram. Now, if you're among those with whom Christ compels me to sojourn, please know that I love you, if only for his name's sake because he suffered so greatly to save you and bring you home. I serve you as an act of worship and obedience. I walk with you as a Christian believer who happens to be employed as your pastor. 
I am your brother in Christ and a priest when you need one. If I speak of the riches found in Christ's kingdom, and it sounds severe to your ears, it is not meant to condemn you for what you lack, but to urge you to desire abundant blessings through him. I plead with you often so that you could have your mind radically changed or make slight adjustments according to the Lord. My heart yearns for you to stop being tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Meanwhile, I will continue to walk wide-eyed toward my Lord and employ every sense along the way. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Thank you.